1: Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to Kingdom Community. My name is Glenn Blakeney. I know you're going to really enjoy today's episode as I interview Dr. Kim Moss. She's going to be sharing about what the Lord is doing in this season in which we live in. In Kim's words, this is a course correction. God is actually disciplining the church, getting us prepared for the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Bless you guys as you watch the episode. Hey, Kim, welcome to Kingdom Community. Thank you so much for being our guest today.
0: <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so happy to meet you. I knew the minute your name came across in my connection box that, that I was supposed to meet you, so I'm so happy to be here.
1: Wow. Yeah, I, I thank God for Kingdom Connections and how he does that. We never <laughs> fully know the significance of them, but yeah, I did feel prompted to reach out to you and so glad that we did. So let's talk about you, your journey, your walk with God, how you came into that place that the Lord is using you today. So let's just go back your spiritual journey. How did you know the Lord and how did you end up getting into the ministry and preaching (laughs) the gospel?
0: Oh, my gosh. You know. I never expected to be doing what I'm doing. Never was a dream of mine. It wasn't something that um, that I felt like was an option for me to choose from when I was younger, and um, and so you know I grew up in a just a nominal Christian home and. My parents did love Jesus, but we hardly went to church, you know, and uh, because they worked all the time. But I, I loved the church, and um, and I, and I loved Jesus at an early age. And when I was thirteen, I was invited to a, a revival meeting, a Baptist revival meeting, at at this big white church near where I lived. And so my friends and I went. And of course, you know, I was very interested in boys at the time because I was thirteen, and we sat in the back. But I had the fire of God come on on me and I knew that God was calling me to salvation, like real, really give my life to him. And so, yeah, I I gave my life to Jesus in that moment, Hmm. but I didn't really, you know, walk with him. During that time when I was when I was younger, I read my Bible a little bit, never read it all the way through. And then when I got to be an older teenager and the latter years in high school and right after high school, no, I didn't. I didn't I didn't walk with Jesus at all. And um, though I did, I did know, you know, I knew that I was really a Christian, but I didn't I wasn't living like a Christian at all. And uh, I went through some hard things as we all do. And then when I was uh, 21, I got pregnant and got married (laughs) in that order. And a few uh, just very shortly after I got married, I realized um, that my husband was a drug addict and an alcoholic. And I hadn't really read those signs. You know, there's always signs, but I hadn't really read those signs before we got married. And uh, so we got married. I had. I had one little girl a couple of years later, I had two little girls and I was doing the best that I could, but uh, it got to a place where I just couldn't, I just couldn't hang on anymore. It was a very, very dark time in my life. And, uh, and I really felt like I had completely uh, blew it with the Lord, like in the way, like that he would, he couldn't really love me now. He couldn't really, uh, he couldn't really want to bless my life. And, So I decided I was going to get a divorce because I couldn't handle it. And I filed for divorce. I really entered into a very dark season and did many things that uh, I regret. uh, I regretted soon after, but we were in the middle of a divorce and uh, I met this woman. I had, I was a nurse at the time and I was applying for a job because my husband wasn't paying any child support or anything. And I was working I was working every day except one day a month and uh, working two jobs. I had applied for this job, and this woman said to me that she was leaving the position and and looking for someone to replace her because her and her husband were going to plant a vineyard church, and I didn't know what a vineyard church was. I didn't know anything about the Holy Spirit, let me tell you. Um, I just knew that I was a disappointment to God. That's all I knew, and, um, and wow, that makes me hurt. My heart hurt. I felt so much like a disappointment to God in that time. And, uh, and so I told her all the, I don't know why, but you know, it was the Holy spirit. I know now, but I told her all the dirty details and she invited me to her house. And then, uh, she was so kind to me, Glenn. She was, she didn't throw the Bible at me. She didn't tell me what a sinner I was. My goodness. Nobody needed to tell me what a sinner I was. And, uh, and then she invited me to come to their church. I was like, okay. So I went to their church for two weeks. And after two weeks, I bought myself a Bible. And they had prayed for me, but I hadn't seen anything of the Holy Spirit. I still didn't really know anything. But uh, one day, my little girls were in the, asleep in, the, in the, uh, the back room of my little tiny apartment that I had. And I sat down to read my Bible. When I opened the Bible, I... I had an encounter with the audible voice of God. Wow! I I didn't know that I could. I didn't I didn't know that that He would. You know, I didn't. I I felt like such a disappointment for to God, and I felt like I had done so many things that He wouldn't be bothered with me anymore because I was that bad. And that um, He spoke audibly to me, he told me go home, and I I'll take care of everything. And I
1: mm-hmm.
0: I was flipped out. Scared to death. It was so loud all around me, all inside of me. I didn't, I, I didn't know what to do with it. I, I was really afraid. And then I got over my fear and, um, and I stood up and I, I, I started sort of stomping around the room and I started screaming at him, you know, and saying, you, do you have any idea what you're asking of me? Do you know what I've been through? Do you have? Wow. Do you have any idea? how bad it was and how hard it was and how can you ask me, you know, to expose my children and myself again to something like that. And, but you know um, in his wisdom, he doesn't argue with us. And so I didn't hear another thing. That was it. I heard that one phrase. That was it. I had this knowing in my heart that Mm. I would either follow him forever or I would walk away forever. I just knew it was that kind of line in the sand. Mm. He didn't draw that line, but I had this knowing and, Mm. So I did, uh, I did reconcile with my husband that weekend and, um, he wasn't changed. Um, and you know, this is where I think so many of us with the prophetic, you know, and I've, I've watched prophecy for many years now and I operate in the prophetic and, and of course I'm in ministry and, um, God doesn't always fulfill a word like that. (laughs) And, and so I really expected, I really expected I would go home and this would be so different, you know, and Uh, Four years down Mm -hmm. the road, I was in a similar place and it was Thanksgiving, the night before Thanksgiving, the holiday Thanksgiving in the United States. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't come home from work. So I knew what that meant. That meant he was drinking and doing drugs all night with his friends. And I was up all night. I was just laid out on the ground. Now I have three kids. They're all in the back room. They're all in their bedrooms and they're sleeping. And I'm laid out on the ground all night, just praying and saying, God, I can't do it you promised, you promised, you said this, I I did what you asked me to do. And I haven't seen change slightly better, but still dealing with all of this is so embarrassing before my family, my family thinks I'm completely nuts. Like, what is our smart, sweet, wise, you know, daughter doing? And now she has three children. And what will she do? And when I got up in the morning, I was done, I was going to I was going to leave. I I just said, I can't take it anymore. And I, whatever you said that prophetic word, that encounter with the voice of God held me strong for four long years. And then I just had this sort of breakdown. And uh, when my husband came home in the wee hours of the morning, about, I don't know, about six o'clock or something, maybe later. um, I remember that I was getting ready and I was leaving. I was about to leave to go to my parents for the day with the kids. And uh, he came in in the door and, And he said, I know you're about to leave, but I'm asking you not to because something has happened. And I was incredulous, you know, like I've heard it before, whatever, whatever. And uh, wow, I feel the Holy Spirit really strong right now. You know, I just feel like somebody right now you're listening to this and you are in that you're in that place where you can barely hold on, and you know you have a promise from the Lord, and you know that that He actually promised you, that it really was the Lord, but you're in a place where you've been waiting, and you feel like you can't hang on one more minute. I'm telling you that I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. Hang in there. Just hang in there, because God will come through. He fulfills His promises, no matter what it looks like, and sometimes in the darkest moment, it's the moment when it's just just about to break through. And so I went to my mom's that day and, uh, and something had happened because he was different. And about three weeks later, I sat down at the table with him and I said, what, what is this? What's going on? And he said that on his way home that morning, after drinking and doing drugs all night long, he said a presence filled the car and he knew it was Jesus. And he didn't see anything, but in his heart, he heard this still small voice. He just heard the Lord say to him, you're about to lose everything that you've ever loved. And wow. this time I won't bring it back unless you give your life into my hand. And he, in that moment, he gave his life to Jesus and he was instantly delivered from all his drugs and alcohol. He's yep. never, he's never done that ever again. And he, we began to change. And uh, and that was really That was really the beginning of me really knowing that God is intimately involved in our lives and that he really um, still loved me, even though I felt so bad and so, you know, awful at that time, so dark and had so many regrets at the time. And it was uh, four years after that. um, So I had heard him speak to me in that moment those four years before. And then my husband had this encounter four years later. I don't know what it is with the number four with the Lord in my life, but it just seems to be something. Four years after that, it's been eight years now since I heard that voice. um, We were in a church together and uh, the church heard that we'd had this miracle happen in our lives. and Mm -hmm. And that four years later, It's still happening, and you know we really have become a different people group with our three children. Uh, They asked me to come and give my testimony at a women's retreat. I I always like to say, never been to a women's retreat. I'd been to women's ministry. I didn't like it very much (laughs) at the time, and um, uh, just because you know they, I wanted to talk kingdom. I wanted to know this God who spoke to me, and I didn't know how to get to know Him. You know, and so I would go to different meetings, and I didn't. I didn't hear those supernatural things, you know, and uh, growing up, I had never heard those supernatural things. So I still wasn't really didn't understand the Holy Spirit. Um, And I went to this I went to this meeting and I gave my testimony. And when I got done, this young woman came up to me. I was in my 30s now. She's like 21. And she said, (laughs) you know, Kim, I don't think this must be the Lord, but the Lord keeps telling me to lay hands on you for the Holy Spirit to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I was like, well, well, you can try because, you know, growing up, I had been told that that was from the devil. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I had, um, I'd had, I'd heard his voice and he had changed our lives miraculously. And so I was hungry for that God. And so she laid hands on me and I, it was March 22nd, 1994. I had a radical encounter with the Holy spirit. I, wow. I, I nearly blacked out. I didn't know what that was. Now I know it's being slain in the spirit. I started hearing in my mind different, you know, words from the lord and i i didn't know what to do with all this i'm freaking out i'm crying i'm i've run back to my hotel room you know i'm i i can barely get myself settled down um i know something has happened i don't understand it i fall asleep in the morning uh, i i'm in the shower and i'm getting ready for the next meeting at the conference and and um i hear syllables and i remember her saying something about tongues right and so yeah. The only passage of scripture I can remember is that passage of scripture comes coming to my kept coming to my mind. You know, do all things as heartily unto the Lord. So I'm like, okay, Lord, uh, okay. if this is you, I want it. And I start speaking in tongues, and uh, I'm I, I'm not understanding. I'm a little bit freaked out, you know. Sure. And so I walk to the meeting. As I walk to the meeting, I see this garden. I'm having these thoughts about the garden, like it's like God's God's people. They're all different. They they all have a different fragrance. They all have a different color. They're all in variety. He brings the sun and the rain, but there's pests in the garden, you know. And it's just a silly thing I'm thinking. I go into the meeting, and and it's already started, and the worship is going on, and the women are singing, and all of a sudden, above all of the voices. This one voice rises up and singing in tongues in this different language. And it was so beautiful and mysterious. And everyone became quiet and she's singing. And you could feel this anticipation like something's about to happen. And then another woman speaks up and she gives the interpretation. I'd never heard tongues interpretation before. And the interpretation is exactly thought for thought about what I heard about the garden. On the way in, and now I know God, you are speaking to me. Something is going on. And they asked us to sit down, take communion, ask Jesus to speak to us. And so I did. And I'm I'm sitting with my communion and I and I say, Jesus, is there anything you want to say to me? And I am Glenn, I I heard that that voice from eight years before, again for the first time. Wow. And this time it's inside, you know, it's not. It's not audible. And he called me to full-time ministry, told me I'm gonna take you around the world to oh, preach wow. and speak and prophesy. Yeah. I'm calling you to water my garden. And I I to this day I'm so moved by that because I, you know, I didn't live my life for Jesus all the time. And sure. And he has saved me and filled me with the Holy Spirit and now he's calling me to full time ministry I'm just the mom from Park. you know that's what I yeah, I, like to, I don't know how you're going to do this Jesus but because he did those miracles in my life
1: hmm.
0: with my family yeah I knew that he could do it and so I said yes in that moment and 20 wow. years later here here I am
1: Wow, wow what a powerful story Kim thank you you know, one of the things that I love about your journey is, you know, the how the Lord just picked you up out of that place, that ash heap, so to speak, and and spoke destiny into your life and his purpose yeah. and calling. And so many people need that today. And as you felt led by the Holy Spirit just to speak to those who maybe are going through something similar to what you did you know, I just want to say and and just concur with you that, and, that it's true. If you are listening to this interview right now on the podcast or you're watching online on Kingdom Community TV, there is a purpose and a destiny for your life that God has for That's you. True. And no matter what you've been through, God has not changed his plan. He can change you, restore you, rebuild your life. That's and right. this is obviously Kim's testimony. God took her from a place of absolute abject brokenness in her marriage and set her up, called her and has launched her into the nations. So Kim, let's talk about your ministry. I mean, okay. what have you been doing? Where have you been going? What is, what have you seen? Let's talk about.
0: Something. Oh my gosh. You know, I know Glenn, we were talking just before this about all that God is doing in the nations. And I think sometimes, you know, we are, we are in our own little city, in our in our house, in our neighborhood, uh, in our own nations, and sometimes it gets hard to realize. All that God is doing, but He is doing so many things, and even even through COVID, you know, He He rebuilds. Right? We've we've all gone to media and we've seen Him do uh, the testimonies that are flying in from from the ministry over over the internet. But I have been, oh my gosh, I have seen God beginning revival in places like Hungary. Uh, I've been in the underground church in China, and I've seen many salvations and the Holy Spirit drop. I go to Brazil a lot, and that. Nation is on fire for the Holy Spirit. They are so hungry for the things of God. I have seen him moving in London and places like that. Canada, where you are originally from, they are they are wanting revival and the move of God. and even in several places here in the United States I have I have seen God moving and he is, you know he's doing a lot to bring correction, right now mm-hmm. which I think right. all of us are aware of right. and um, but it's 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 discipline. Mm-hmm. but as the Bible says, discipline is for our good. It's to bring a course correction so yeah. that we can be more powerful and see the Holy Spirit move in more powerful ways because God is moving and he has a plan. and no matter what we see right now um, in our nations, that is difficult, that is hard, that is conflict absolutely and suffering listen god is on the move and he is bringing he is about to bring a harvest like we have never seen and and the correction i believe the correction in the church right now that he's cuz you know judgment always begins at the house of god right? right but the correction right now is so that we can be ready to receive all these baby christians that are about to come in
1: yeah Yeah, that's, I totally concur with that. And uh, we've been saying the same thing. It's really, um, you know, I have a friend who's a chiropractor, and we were talking about alignment one day. I was preaching on alignment, and he happened to be in the meeting, didn't know him at the time. And he said to me afterwards, he said, you know, until alignment happens, function is always limited or hindered or even um, impeded altogether. So I think that. So when great. we get to that place where we come into alignment with the Lord, you know, obviously our hearts and yeah. and and yielded to the Lord. Um, and what I love about the spirit that you carry, um, Kim, is there is a brokenness on you. I see that and I recognize yeah. that because out of that place of brokenness, the fragrance of Christ is released. That's where the oh, anointing comes from that brings transformation and change and i see that on your life and i know as a result of that obviously people when they experience that type of anointing it just changes and breaks things so let's just talk about this season kind of going forward you know i was just in canada literally uh two weeks ago and i was there the month before and canada has been it's been tough because all the lockdowns yeah. restrictions. Ooh. But one of the things that I was told by um, one of the, the leaders, really a prophetic leader there that we were ministering in this church is that a lot of the pastors in Toronto at least during as a result of COVID actually they had buildings, so they got rid of the buildings. I don't know if it was a lease. Some of them even sold buildings. And they said this. Are you ready? Listen to this, guys. Everybody who's just watching this broadcast, listening to this broadcast, they said, you know what? We're getting rid of the buildings and we're not going to have in person gatherings ever again. We're going to just do online virtual. And, but yet, for me, when I heard that, I was like, okay, so what is the response of people you know to that right and there might be some people that obviously they've kind of lost their way and and really that's not a big deal for them but there's so many people that were just like no we need to get together even though there's fear they're still dealing with it certainly more than yeah. than the united states and uh is you know a long way ahead because of it's been really happening. The in-service gatherings, like I'm here in Dallas and it's like, almost like there was no COVID. I don't mean that, you know, say that flippantly. I'm just saying in terms of the church continue to gather and, and uh, the church that we're part of is actually growing so fast right now that they're building and having additional services. So what are you seeing in terms of hunger, in terms of, of just what God is saying. And, and as you travel and, and those you interact with, what, what's the Lord saying? How do we respond during this time as leaders in particular?
0: Yes. Leaders, there's a lot of people hurting and uh, there's anger, There is a lot of anxiety. Anxiety and depression are really epidemic right now. So many people uh, in our nations, nations, not just our nation, not just my nation, the U.S., um, are really dealing with a lot of trauma because of COVID. And fear has just kept crept in like never before. And so people are looking for hope. I have uh, I've. This this season that we're in and uh, really this decade that we're in um, is really there's so much warfare and we're we're not through it completely yet. And I'm not talking about the pandemic. You know, we've got the pandemic. There's been all kinds of political stuff. There's societal changes, there's cultural stuff, Mm -hmm. um, economic stuff. and, And there is a lot that is coming, and God wants to use it uh, to make us more effective. Because even with all of these things right now, see, it's a setup, really. It's a setup for people to understand. Uh, and and it's it really has exposed, hasn't it, our idolatry. It has exposed uh, a lot of how we've gotten off track with our, in uh, theologically. Um, for me, I have been saying for a couple of years now to my My friends who are theologians, we really need to recover our theology of suffering because people in uh, we need as the people of God, we need to know how to handle times of suffering and still continue to advance the kingdom and and come from a place where we still have joy and we still have hope for the future. And we still can believe the testing of our faith right now is huge. There's been so much shaking and so Um, What I'm seeing right now is that um, really we need to be people who understand how to uh, increase hope in the lives of our congregation. We need to be able to instill peace in the lives of our congregation. We need to uh, be able to uh, understand how are we going to disciple in a time like this? And what do we what are we going to teach and preach to people? I personally um, think that there's I, I've been so hungry for in-person gatherings because yeah. those two years under COVID when all of my travel because I'm fully itinerant um, I belong to a church in my in my neighborhood now and of course we're opening like you growing like crazy um, but in my own personal ministry there was pruning You know, there was my calendar was wiped out for two years. And so and so we did a lot of Zoom and the media was the media was great. However, and God, listen, did miracles over Zoom and and on TV and all podcasts, all of that. Um, But there's just nothing like being. Yeah. In physical room with a person, being able to lay hands
1: yeah.
0: on a person, have them look into my eyes close by and hear the sound of my voice in a different way and be in community that way. We need community more than ever.
1: Totally. Yeah, absolutely, and you know the very definition of virtual. And I'm paraphrasing, but it something like this. I read it in the dictionary. It's appearing real, but not real, and yes. and it it's obviously generated by a computer, so it's not real. You can't physically touch someone. You can't. That's right. You know, a, and and so there's so much difference in in that. And uh, like you, when we've been traveling and. It's just seeing God do incredible things and such a hunger in this season. Such a
0: hunger. Yeah. Such a hunger, you know, be, because they were cut off for a while. Right. And, sure. and with, with COVID, I don't know about what you've seen, but man, what I, what I have seen uh, in all the p- places where I've gone in my nation, I'm talking about mostly yeah. in my nation and in Brazil is that it has exposed that, you know, um, our, 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 Entertainment that covered up our our needs and sort of falsely fulfilled some of the needs that we have can't really you know our our medical community and our politicians and all none of those things can save us you know our money can't save us and so you know people were looking all of a sudden for well who can save us from this thing well only Jesus. You know, only Jesus. And so God has really set us up for a new level of evangelism. Yeah,
1: so good. Yeah, so good. It's true. It's like this void. I, I love there's a scripture in Hosea that talks about how God is going to basically, I think it's Hosea chapter 3, it talks about yeah. how he's going to basically create this spiritual vacuum in the nation. And as a result, it's going to cause the nation to come running back to him. And the new American says they will come trembling to the Lord and his goodness in the last days. And I really feel we're in this season right now, you know, and and you talk about Brazil. We were just there recently. And man, the miracles that happened, the salvations, just incredible. So yeah. let's talk about, you have a book that I, I, I just love it. I purchased it and, and I've read it. Thanks. It's called, you're welcome. <laughs> it's called <laughs> The Way of the Kingdom, anything that's mm-hmm. kingdom. Um, <laughs> but then the subtitle is Seizing the Moment for a Great Move of God. So, yeah. Kim, tell us about the book. Why did you write that book?
0: Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I wrote the book because as I travel the world um, and I see all of these miraculous things and I see God on the move, I also have seen so much devastation and so much discouragement. And I began to just ask the Lord, "What what is going on here? And, um, and I, I, I uh, often will hear the Lord speak to me in little phrases. This is how the prophetic words for times and seasons comes to me, is that God will say a phrase to me, and then he'll give me scripture, because you know, everything I do is grounded in scripture. And um, and I kept hearing him say, well, Kimmy he calls sorry he calls me Kimmy he doesn't call me Dr. Kim or Pastor Kim or any of those kinds of things he calls me Kimmy because I'm just his kid and um, he says Kimmy that the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force I was like well Lord that's that's a that's a scripture Matthew 11 12 and uh, and he didn't say anything else. And then I know I need to go research very soon after that. Um, around that same time, I had a dream It was twenty seventeen. And uh, and I had this dream about a heavyweight championship of the world. And and in this dream, I'm I'm ringside, you know, I'm ringside. And and the fighters are about to walk past me and this old dead prize fighter you know like he's a prize fighter of old and he shouldn't even be alive but there he is and he's virile and he's strong and he's I mean this guy is is ripped you know we call that ripped all his muscles are showing and he walks past me and he looks at me and I said how did you do this you know and he says through a very strict routine and and uh and and he said a few other things and the young fighter he walked just walked right past me and they both got in the ring and as and they're fighting and I had this knowing when I wake up I usually have the interpretation and uh when it's a prophetic dream I dream about I have a prophetic dream about two or three times a year mostly when I get prophetic it's it's God is just speaking to me and uh and he And when I woke up, I knew, oh, the church is going to make a comeback, but not without a fight. And it's going to be like the heavyweight championship of the world. And there was going to be fighting within because the two fighters Mm. represented the church in the kingdom. But there was fighting without because there was a Jezebel character outside the ring that was pointing a gun and shooting. And she missed because we win. And uh, but I knew. And so with the passage of scripture and with this understanding, I began to say, Lord, what are you, what are you saying? So I began to do lots of research and there is so much to that passage of scripture. So then I, I wrote the book, and the book is really a, I call it a prophetic exegesis, because it's an exegesis of, uh, it's a theological, biblical exegesis yeah. of Matthew eleven, twelve, 12, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Mm-hmm. But it's also a prophetic word for the time in the season we are in right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's powerful. And so contending the violent ticket by force the kingdom of heaven suffers violence so one of the things that i have noticed when i have been traveling to especially nations that have come out of severe restrictions is there's a sense in which they've just kind of resigned themselves they've they've lost their passion and this is a generalization and also even vision and expectation for the lord to do something and one of the things that Um, the Lord showed me recently is there's this scripture, it's in Zephaniah chapter one, and it talks about how people who say the Lord will not do evil. Then it says, neither will he do good. And it Uh. talks about how they're like wine. That is the dregs have just settled in the bottom of the bottle of wine. And and they're complacent is, is is what one translation says. And it's like this whole thing where they've just stopped expecting God to, You know, there's a fear of the lack of the fear of the Lord. If we do evil, we certainly should fear him. But ultimately, even to expect God to do good things. And clearly, um, you're saying the Lord is and is wanting, but there's a fight. There's there's a contending for this. So let's just break it down and just be really practical here. Yeah. What do we as the church, as God's people, and again, let's talk to leaders for a moment. What does okay. that contending really look like?
0: Well, I think that we need to understand from Scripture. Matthew eleven twelve is really uh, comes in a moment when they are already suffering violence. You know, Jesus suffered violence on the cross. We know that. And as leaders, you know that very well. You know, the passion and the work of Christ on the cross. But it comes that when Jesus says that it comes right after John the Baptist, who Who could believe more than John? John the Baptist is a prophet sent to prepare the way from the Lord. He's the one that introduced Jesus as the one who is going to take away the sins of the world. Here's the lamb of God, right? But he's in prison now and he is sending his disciples to Jesus to say, are you the one that we're waiting for? Or are we waiting for another? And what's happening right there is that, see, and Jesus responds with all the things that he's doing. Look, the blind see, the lame walk, the leopards are cleansed. You know, the leopards, lepers, no D in there, are cleansed. And um, and so he's saying all of the signs you've been looking for are coming to pass. But here you are, you're suffering violence. And in a moment when you're suffering violence, you know, you are Tempted to be offended with me, and that word offense actually, when you break it down, it means you are being tempted to unbelief. So, see, this is a pattern we're seeing. So, Matthew 11 12 is actually Jesus saying there is a pattern that always goes on in history from the beginning in Genesis hmm. to the end of Revelation, all throughout history. We are going to see, and what is happening is that the moment. God begins to move. It happened in Garden of Eden, didn't it? It happened when Jesus came to earth, and it continues to happen when you look even in the book of Revelation. The moment God begins to move, the enemy comes against it with violence. He violently opposes what is going on, and and yet, see, and we are a people who are supposed to understand the times Mm -hmm. and the seasons as leaders, Yeah, we are. We're not to be like the Pharisees who I know the time of planting, but I don't know the time of season in the spirit. We are those of the spirit. And Jesus is saying to us, when you see the violent opposition, no, it's a sign to you that I am on the move. And so, first of all, we're to take heart. This is the first practical thing. We need to take heart. We need to understand how the kingdom moves. That's why the book is called The Way of the Kingdom and and seizing Mm -hmm. the moment. We need to be shrewd. You know, so Jesus also said. The sons of darkness, the sons of this generation, are more shrewd than the sons the sons of light. You know, and he's talking about the shrewd manager. Well, all through Scripture, when you see shrewd, shrewd has a negative connotation. And in, in my understanding, in our nation's understanding, we usually think it's a very manipulative, snaky person. But Jesus said to be shrewd as a serpent. And innocent as a dove. Why is he saying that? He's saying because, see, the enemy in the garden was shrewd. He understood what was going on right there. He took advantage of the moment. He seized the moment to turn things into his own favor and away from what God is doing. Well, we're supposed to do the opposite. We are supposed to see that when things begin, crisis comes, when violent times come, when hard things begin to happen, we need to be looking and watching for the opportune moment and step in to turn that and advance the kingdom of God. And we are in a time like this right now when everything seems to be shaking, when everything seems to be falling apart. Listen, God is making room for something new and we need to be acting and being in the way of the kingdom. And so let me just explain that for one minute and then you can ask me another question, Glenn. But the way of the kingdom is the way of Jesus in the world. Listen, Jesus suffered the violence. His disciples suffered violence. Hmm. Followers of God, followers of the kingdom, followers of Jesus will always suffer violence. But we need to remember that death has lost its sting and we continue to move forward. But kingdom violence, listen carefully, leaders of God and people of God, kingdom violence does not look like political violence. Can I just say that it doesn't look like the weapons of the world. It doesn't look like the weapons the enemy uses. It doesn't look like violence in the way the world understands violence. It looks like violent grace and violent mercy and violent love and violent forgiveness. Didn't Jesus say, bless those who curse you? Didn't he say, love your enemies, Love your enemies. Doesn't he say, save them, go and preach the gospel to all creation. He doesn't say only to those who are going to listen to you, only those who are going to be kind to you. No. And he says, so it's violent healing, violent deliverance of the demonic, violent preaching of the gospel with a demonstration and the signs that will follow you. This is the way Mm. of the kingdom. It looks like Jesus looked in the world.
1: Mm. Wow. Wow. That's so good. Wow. Okay. So uh, you know, again what you said, Jesus talks about being perfect as his heavenly father is perfect. That's right. You know, bless those who curse you, love those who hate you, pray for that's those right. who despitefully use you. That's right. And he talks about, and Paul says it, I think it's in Romans twelve, where don't be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good.
0: That's right. So mm-hmm.
1: That's what you're advocating.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah. And and so when we see things, and keeping in mind that Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world.
0: That's right.
1: And when we see things happening in our culture, in our nations, around the world, because people are listening to this, watching this from literally uh, many different nations. That's right. And things are going against the culture and the values of the scripture and the kingdom of God. How do we respond in terms of not only our individual reaction, and, and you've already touched on this, but let's say more as the church collectively, um, what can we do, should we do in this season right now where there is this polarization, where the darkness is getting Darker, but yet we know the Lord has said in Isaiah 60 that during this time that it's his will that we arise and shine and the light will become brighter. So, what do we do as the church? Um, let's just talk about this in, in terms of a <laughs> biblical response.
0: Well, I think that one of the first things we need to do is we really need to get back to scripture. And understanding scripture we need to understand the things that jesus asked us to do and not to do um one of the things that i've been talking with my people about is and and some other uh theologians that i am in contact with is we are talking about what is the difference between biblical Christianity and our national Christianity. So, of course, you know that I live in, in the United States, and so I want to make sure that my faith in Christ and my Christianity, my working out of the gospel is biblical, not american and there and there is a difference and it doesn't mean that i don't love my nation because i do sincerely love my nation and um and i want them to do i want them to receive the blessings of god and uh and i want as many people to get saved as as humanly po- not home human, divinely possible right. and um but i need to check myself you know i need to ask the lord uh is there anything in me, first of all, that um, that is reacting to what is going on on the outside so that I am reacting um, out of emotion and not actually out of your Holy Spirit? So first, check me, search me and try me, oh God, and see if there's any wicked way in me. Secondly, I think it's going to be really important in this time that we begin to listen to the Lord, the voice of God, like never before. And, and we have to check what we're hearing through by scripture, you know, mm-hmm. so get in the word. We need to be in the word. We need to understand scripture. We need to interpret it rightly. We need to not get caught up in the political noise, no matter what country you're mm-hmm. in, you know, and we need to stand with truth. But when we stand with truth, you know, I mean, wow, I'm I'm on social media. I'm sure you are, too. And Wow. Some of the things that are being said just grieve my heart, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because we begin to respond back uh, emotionally with anger and, and mm-hmm. saying things that are that it's <laughs> it's not OK. It doesn't represent Jesus. Yeah. Well, and so one of my prayers lately, even for myself, God, you know, set a guard at the opening of my lips. Mm-hmm. Would you set a you know, and let my speech be seasoned with salt, full of grace Mm. full of full of divine and native moment, full of full of grace for those who would hear me, you know, full of Paul says, don't let any corrupt word come out of your mouth. And that word corrupt means dried up of any people. We are supposed to have the living water of the Holy Spirit. And so I don't want dried up words coming out of my mouth. So those are a few simple things, but powerful things.
1: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That it may impart grace to the hearers. Yeah. And so we we live in this time in this season, obviously, where the darkness is dark um, oh, yeah. and there's a lot of evil things. And we thank God for breakthroughs that we're seeing socially and politically. Yeah. You know, uh, praise God for those things, like obviously pro-life, um, you know, pro-freedom. All of that yeah. is important. And yeah. yeah. And we need to, in a, in a nation where you are allowed to voice your opinion, because not... Yeah some nations you're not allowed to you know like i know i know a guy that was uh, a minister of the gospel and he went to a particular nation in asia where it's basically more totalitarian in in the sense of how how the nation is run and he began to speak out against the government and particularly the president of the nation and ended up um, almost got killed by the people in that country because the president went on media and told the people if they saw him, rob him and beat him. And oh my, yeah. <laughs> and he had to literally flee and get out of that country. So you know we're we're living in this time. You mentioned it, like being as uh, shrewd as a yeah. serpent and as harmless as a dove, and and I think that's. A great example of how we do that. Um, another thing I just wanted to share with our with our listeners here is there was a time when I had the privilege, uh, Dr. Kim, to speak in Indonesia in a particular place, and I was ministering. was supposed to be a group of church planners, but I saw this one man. He was older. And all the other church planners were younger, so I was like, "Wow, he he's kind of out of place here." But so, but we were ministering and then I had a word of knowledge about significant hearing loss. Someone has significant hearing loss. And I said, if that's you come forward, we want to minister to you. So this older man responded, he came forward, prayed for him. The Lord opened his ears and he was instantly healed. Well, here's the story. So he invites us out that night for dinner. I had a team with me. Um, and we go out for dinner. Then he invites us to his home is a huge house, massive house. And we go into it, and we end up sharing with him, ministering to him and his wife, and they both get baptized in the Holy Spirit, laid out on the floor. Um, I'm not sure if his wife knew the Lord previously or not, but he professed to, to know the Lord. And um, turns out that he worked in the government, like very close with the the leader of, of Indonesia, and the Lord uses this as an opportunity to, you know, to minister to him and then eventually yeah. other people as well. So I, I believe the season that we're living in, we have to really be led by the Spirit. Just exactly what you oh, we, we hear the Lord. So yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and think about, you know, I think about the stories of, of Joseph. Let's just look at Joseph in Scripture. You know, he was taken to a totally pagan country. Wow. His name was changed to a pagan name. You know what I mean? And he he remained holy and faithful to the Lord. You know. Yeah. And God raised him up to serve us alongside alongside the Pharaoh. And, and you don't see him berating all of those leaders Instead, he was an example. Mm. And he he actually saved people in that in that position that he held, you know, that in this pagan place. I mean, sometimes mm. I think that we forget that we are supposed to be salt and light mm. in a place not argumentative, you know, a, I have never seen much done when you argue, when you come up with a great political argument and you start hitting it, all I see happen is more arguing because people get stuck in their positions and they stop listening to one another and they become defensive in their communications and defensive communication always is non-communication, you know? And so, but when we love people and i know i know i've heard all of the argument you know how can you how can you love what they're doing and they're doing this and they're doing that and it's like yeah but you know if If I love that person and bring that one person to the Lord, just like what you described, you have no idea what the impact can be all around you. And they're not going to hear you unless you love them first. And I'm not talking about joining in on their sin. That's not what I'm talking about. Jesus met with tax collectors and sinners. He came to seek and save the lost and the sick and those who needed a physician. And, And these are the ways of being violent yeah. In the world, this is more damage to darkness than just popping off the, off the top of your head and becoming argumentative.
1: Yeah, so good. Such a valid point. Yeah. And the scripture talks about whatever is made manifest is made manifest by light. So, so you know, the old saying, we don't curse the darkness, we light a candle. And um, that's so important in the hour in which we live. And I, I'm really glad that we can speak the truth in love and we want to preach the truth. But I think the encounter with God, the goodness of God, as I mentioned that verse in Hosea where they'll come trembling to the goodness of the Lord, you know, I mean, there's the trembling part, like, like, wow, he's holy. He's awesome. Um, But there's this goodness. and, And I've seen God so many times manifest his goodness to people that for me, I certainly wouldn't have responded that way. (laughs) It's absolutely
0: true. And we, when we are led by the Holy spirit, he will show us the things to say and how to act and be with those people who are, Mm -hmm. you know, who the enemy is using to violently oppose the move of God. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, our our warfare is not against flesh and blood, isn't that what scripture says, you know, but about powers and principalities and in high places and um and that the enemy has blind the eyes of this generation because he's the god of this age. So we when we fight people and we become argumentative and opinionated and stuck in our own opinions and as you said i'm not talking about not preaching truth because we have to we have to preach truth but we have to be very careful not to be not to begin to uh cooperate with a political spirit no matter where we live because it will never uh bring people to the lord
1: sure and, you know, the bottom line is unregenerate people act like unregenerate people. Think, <laughs> think like unregenerate people, right?
0: Right. Yeah. We can't expect anything different from them.
1: <laughs> right. But right. If, if we can get them filled with the Holy Spirit and, That's you know, right. truly born yeah. uh, from above, from the Spirit of God, that will bring the change That's from right. the inside out and, you That's know, right. true and lasting change. So um, just one one thought here in yeah. closing. And certainly regarding your book, we'll give you our, uh, our audience an opportunity to be able to connect with you. But my, my closing thought here is we're in a time where church is really looking differently. Um, obviously, things have changed. People talk about the great resignation, what's happened economically with so many people. But we're in a time of reset, not only globally, economically, (laughs) but in the church. So what's what's going on? What's what's God trying to do in the church in terms of, yeah, reformation, recalibrating us? Um, What's he doing, in your opinion?
0: We're we're in a time of discipline. (laughs) We really are. We've been through a great reset. And, uh, and if you have noticed, many of you will understand this. Uh, we've been a time, we're also in time of repositioning. So there's a lot of movement. Maybe you have. Uh, your position has changed. Maybe God has asked you to step away from something. Maybe God has asked you to relocate completely to a whole different state or a different town, a different church. And uh, and this is God's doing. He is resetting everything. He is repositioning everything. I used to have a seminary professor. He used to say to me, Kim, you have to have a breakdown before you have a breakthrough. So, you know, we have prayed for years for a breakthrough. And uh, many of us need a breakthrough in our personal lives. You need a breakthrough in your church and your ministry we need breakthrough in our nations and um and then we get afraid when the breakdown begins to come but see unless god does a reset unless he brings a breakdown unless he restarts the computer so to speak and everything seems to go dark and then reboots um it's hard for him to bring the change. It's part of the change that he is bringing. And of course, most people are afraid of change, but change is the name of the game right now. There is all kinds of change, and uh, and some of it is for a course correction. It's not to condemn, uh, but it is to discipline, and it is to bring us back in alignment mm-hmm. with the Lord, as, as we have been saying. So there is a reset There's a repositioning, there's also a a reordering that's happening right now. And so, and I feel like that reordering will come down even to your schedule, your personal schedule this summer I have been I have been actually hearing that this summer is a time of reordering and so if you if it's possible for you to pull back to set some things aside and take some time to ask God about uh, regrouping in your life and reordering your schedule how you do things um, who's doing what in your ministry um, and and where things are at with your family with your ministry in your health uh, God wants to bring a reset and a reorder in those things too so that in the fall because in the fall i believe we're going to hit another wave of acceleration it's been coming in waves i don't know if you i don't know if you have felt it but it's been coming in in waves we and so we're just coming out of a wave of acceleration we're going to have a little bit of a lull and then in the fall we're going to have another one and so we have this moment to take our breath Mm -hmm. in the church there are some really important things going on right now Mm -hmm. It's been already started and will continue for a time, but I have been sensing, I have been hearing, I won't say sensing, I won't be that chicken. I'm going to tell you the honest truth. I have been hearing that God said he was going to come to deal with the things that have diminished our influence and our authority. Namely, he wants to deal with our idolatry, any, uh, any. Uh, apostasy toleration of sexual misconduct with which makes us open to the things of jezebel false prophecy a religious spirit which has which where we have come to a place so many uh, have come to a place in the church where um they are closed again to who god might bring into the church has diminished our worship we have become uh not as as we have forgotten our gratitude we have forgotten how to be thankful for all that the Lord has done. And uh, and he's doing all of these things to bring a correction so that when the harvest comes in, we can actually um, disciple them in the way that we should and not and not use and abuse them. He's exposing abuse uh, across the the across the board in the church, um, because how can he bring new believers if we are still operating in those things that will abuse them? Uh, it's not pleasing to God. And of course, it has to start with us um but even with all of that i want you to remember that uh that the church is going to make a comeback but this is a fight that we are in right now yeah. this is the division that we are in right now uh there is lots of division happening there is there is violent opposition on the outside um i like to talk about the the division on the inside as actually yeah. as actually bra- exposing our idolatry god gave me the uh verses from Gideon, the story of Gideon. And it wasn't that he was an unlikely hero, which he is, and we've heard many, many stories about that. But it was mm. the indictment that God brought the prophet. They were under the hand of Midian. They were they were, you know, being had violent opposition yeah. from without, you know, but the But the prophet comes and says, yeah, but, you know, you're under the hand of Midian. God can rescue you. He's always rescued you at the hand of Egypt, out of anyone's hands. His hand is stronger than the enemy's hand, and so he can rescue you. But your problem is that you are idolatrous on the inside. And so the, the issue on the inside made them vulnerable to the violent opposition from the enemy on the outside, and it was their idolatry. Gideon's father was the sponsor of the idolatry yeah. for the entire community. And so the very first thing he asked Gideon to do is tear down your father's idol.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Because they had to, they had to be cleansed of their idolatry on the inside before God could rescue them on the outside from their violent opposition. And I believe that's where we're at as a church right now. God is doing that right now.
1: Wow. So powerful. So, Kim, one of the things that I've been really hearing the Lord say has to do with the place of honoring his people, but coming together, those who have pure hearts, those who really will come before the Lord in repentance and coming together, acknowledging our need for one another. And then I also think that we're in a place where we have to look at like, hey, I need you, but we need to be in this thing called the body and, and act as the body of Christ. And so what... I feel is, is the Lord's really trying to cause us as you use the word idolatry to really stop building these, you know, our own ministries, our own King yeah. kingdoms, lowercase K and build his kingdom <laughs> That's and, right. and to really do that together. So when people are guarded when people are insecure and defensive and like, you know, Hey, uh, you just want to come and preach in my church. Like literally I was with a group of pastors recently on zoom and um that's what came up was like well there's people on this meeting that your only reason for being here is you want to come and preach in my church like really that's where we're at come on guys we can do better than this we need one another and yes you do need people to come and preach in your church that have the heart of the father so ultimately this is a big part i think of what god is doing as well and everything you've said i i completely agree with um so guys we are in a time of refocusing we're in a time of reset you know we're in a time of comeback as kim said a time of comeback the church will make a comeback and it will be a glorious church without spot or wrinkle um kim any closing thoughts uh just before we transition into how people can connect with you any any thoughts closing thoughts
0: (sighs) Yeah, I say this in my book, but this keeps coming to my mind um, toward the end of the book. You know, I realize, I and we all realize, leaders, when we when we think about our people, we realize how difficult these times are, and we realize um, that the suffering and the violence, the anxiety, the fear is real, and uh, and we don't want to diminish that at all. But I do want to say to you that when I ask the Lord, because my heart is very pastoral and uh, I, when I asked the Lord, but Lord, this is so, this is so hard, you know, suffering violence is hard and then responding in the ways of the violence of the kingdom, which looks like Jesus is hard. Um, how are we going to do that? And he said that I'll give you my peace. You know, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And it's the peace that Jesus brings is not the peace of the wo- of the world. He says uh, he says several times in chapters John, I believe it's 15 to 19, which are his the assurance oracles. Uh, just as Jesus is departing, he's giving his disciples his peace, his peace. You know, Jesus didn't lose his peace. All throughout his trials with the cross. He didn't lose his peace when he was falsely accused. He didn't lose his peace when he was violently opposed uh, in any way. He he had his peace and he was able to hold his peace, not just hold his peace and be silent as he was led to the slaughter, but he had peace because it was a supernatural peace. And Jesus can give you that peace and i just want to say right now if you are watching here i just would you just hold out your hands just for a minute because i i feel i feel the presence of peace right now and i just i just be assured that you can have his peace if you know jesus if you don't know jesus you can right now you can ask him into your heart in your life you can just say jesus i want you and want to know you you are the son of god and Though I have sinned, I ask for your forgiveness. I ask you to cleanse me. And I ask you to bring me into your sheepfold. I want to be one of your sheep. And I give my life fully and completely to you. And I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. And then for those of you who already know the Lord. And those who've just prayed that prayer for the first time. You just simply say, Lord Jesus, I ask you to give me this peace. The peace that surpasses understanding. The peace that will guard my heart and mind, the peace that will, that will leak from me every place that I go so that those around me will caught, will be, will be, will be moved to say, how is it that you can have peace in a time of trouble like this? And then you can introduce them to the King of Kings and the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. So just right now ask Holy Spirit, just ask you to come right now, come upon your people with your peace, fill them, with, the, with peace, the kind of peace that is not shaken, the kind of peace that cannot be removed, the kind of peace that never diminishes because it's your peace. Holy Spirit, fill them with yourself and with power right now in the name of Jesus. Amen.
1: I Amen. thank you. Amen. 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 Wow. Thank you so much, Kim. That was awesome. So your book, The Way of the Kingdom, Seizing the Moment for Great Move of God. Um, Also, in terms of if somebody wants to invite you to come and speak, how what's the best way to to connect with you?
0: They can go on my website and uh, and and they can check all that out. You can order the books you can order. I have e-courses and all kinds of things um, that you can find there. So go to kimmos.com And remember, my last name is Dutch, and it's M-A-A-S, two A's and one S, KimMoss.com. You can uh, invite me to your church or to your conference at uh, by going to hello at KimMoss.com. And there you will reach my personal assistant who handles all my calendar and all of that kind of thing. And uh, we will be glad to connect with you.
1: Wow, great. Great. Thank you, Kim. It's been a real honor and really enjoyed having the opportunity to speak with you and bless you as you continue to contend for the kingdom and take it by force in Jesus' name.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Glenn. it has been It's just been an honor to be here with you today. Our
2: journey as Christ's followers is a lifelong process of revelation, renewal, recovery, and refocus. Our responsibility is not to discover our purpose or fulfill our destiny, but rather to join God on the journey, allowing Him to shape destiny into our lives. As we stay the course and align ourselves with what He is doing, our life becomes vibrant, deeply significant, and full of purpose. The Kingdom Community has developed a process that will help you move the needle. It's called On Track. And you can sign up now by visiting kingdomcommunity.global. Ontrac is a prophetic life-shaping process with clear objectives. One, transform you into the person God has created you to be. Two, empower you to fulfill your ultimate assignment in advancing the kingdom of God. Three, ensure you to finish well and leaving a lasting legacy. OnTrack consists of assessments, personal coaching, mastermind sessions, and the formulation of a customized plan to help you live out your full potential in Christ and completing his kingdom assignment for your life. Head over to kingdomcommunity.global to sign up for On Track today. Again, the website is kingdomcommunity.global.